You're listening to the Covenant Original Series, Loveology. Adam and Eve were supposed to be the template for what love in a marriage should look like. Consistent, content, and committed. But somewhere along the line, it all went wrong. In today's teaching, we will be discussing the love that God intended us to express within our marriages. We're starting off today, uh, Clean Slate, brand new series, and we're going to be walking through love. Now, here's one thing I know. Maybe you'd agree with this. One thing I know is that we, we live, or our society, our culture, we live in a culture that loves the idea of love. Would you agree with that? We love love. We love being in love. We love celebrating people in love. We, we love the idea of love. Right now, if you were to take the, the top 10 songs in America, most of them are about love. If you were to look at uh, movies right now, cinema, you'd find out that some of the top movies are really based around love. Look at, look at art, even art. Most of the art that you see today that is very popular today, very modern, has a lot to do with love. But as followers of Christ, as Jesus followers, which, which we're here to do, which we're learning in, which we're growing in and prayerfully being discipled in, it is our job to know what love is. Would you agree? Yes. It is our job to understand what, what love is to the greatest degree that we can. And even more than that, when it comes to love and dealing with love, we have to allow Scripture to define what love is. We have to allow Scripture to give us a, 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 a definition, as it were, for love. Because many of us, we look, uh, we look to define love by what music tells us what love is, right? Um, maybe we look to movies to, to, to paint a picture of what love looks like or, or art or maybe some of our friends' relationships, whatever it is. And so we begin to put together our own version of, of love. And what I want you to know, just simple, basic, starting out the gates here this morning, is that when it comes to love, we must let Scripture define it, okay? And if you're taking notes this morning, which I would highly recommend that you always do, um, we're a church that worships in spirit and in truth. So we want to learn, we want to grow, we want to be active in our, in our faith. We want to take these things that we're learning today, the scriptures, the ideas, the talk, and we want to open them up broader in our Sea Life groups throughout the week. If you're not in a Sea Life group, you're missing who we are as a church. Sunday is just the start for us. And so Sea Life is where we're going to open this up. We're going to grow spiritually, grow in relationship with others, and have spiritual leadership as well. And here's one of the first things I want you to write down. Four things, four things. Ready? Say, let's go. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Let's go. Uh, number one, I'm going I'm to walk through these four things, okay? Because the scripture talks about the four different types of love, okay? Now, you read it, and you're like, wait, I just thought it said love. It does. But you also probably don't speak Hebrew, and you probably don't speak Greek, most likely, which the Bible was written in. The Old Testament, Hebrew. The New Testament, uh, it was Greek. You're like, oh, I thought it was written in English. No, it wasn't. It wasn't written in English. It was written in Hebrew and Greek. Thus, sometimes when we interpret it, we miss something. Something is lost in translation to a degree. So when Scripture uses love, it depends on the type of love it's talking about. These are the four types. Number one, write this down. Agape. Let me hear you say agape. Agape love. When it comes to agape love, this is a love that is unconditional. This is a love that is selfless. 
Now, maybe you're on your third date and you brought her to church, which, by the way, hey, great date strategy, bringing her to church. Um, not really. You should do something else. Anyway, um, so the book of John describes, so maybe you say agape, unconditional. You just squeeze your girl's hand and say, that's us, babe. That's us. No, it's not. That's not the type of love. In fact, John 17 describes it like this. Jesus said, I made known to them your name, speaking of God the Father. He says, and I will continue to make it known that the agape, that the love, the unconditional, selfless love, which which with which with you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This is an unconditional, a selfless, eternal love. Second type of love referenced in scriptures, phileo. Let me hear you say phileo, nice and loud, phileo. Phileo love is affectionate, brotherly friendship. John chapter five says it this way in verse 20. For the father, phileo, for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. It's affectionate, it's brotherly, it's like a, it's a friendship love, right? It's like, a, ah, I love you, bro. Love you too, phileo. It's, that's what, now you probably wouldn't say phileo, dude. I mean, that's kind of weak, it's kind of weird. But that's exactly what scripture's talking about. We're gonna talk about that in a couple weeks. The third type, is the word storge. Let me hear you say storge. Kind of fun to say, storge love. This is a complete love. It's a family love. It's, it's best encapsulated inside of a, of a family, relatives. Romans 12 says it this way in verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection, with storge. Outdo one another in showing honor. And then lastly, the fourth type of love, and this is the love that we're gonna, uh, unpack today and talk about is the word eros. Let me hear you say eros. Now, if you're with your spouse, I just want you to look at her, look at him, and just say eros, because this one just rolls off the tongue just so beautifully. Let me hear you. Go ahead, go ahead. Say it to your spouse right now. There we go. It's just, it's just a, be- <laughs> all right, that kind of creeped me out. All right, stop it. Um, Song of Solomon says it like this. Starting in verse 1, this is a wife and a husband, says, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Some good love. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. (laughs) The king has brought me into his chambers We will exalt and rejoice in you. We will extol your love more than wine. Rightly do they love you. When it comes to eros love, this is the physical form of love shared between a husband and a wife. You could also define it as passion. This is the physical form of love, the act of love, also known as passion. And today, as, as we talk about this, as we open up with arrows, we're going to try to keep it above ground this morning. We're going to try to keep it PG, right, for us this morning. Kind of difficult in a topic like this of arrows, right? But there's a lot for us to gain, a lot for us to learn. And, and maybe, maybe I could start by saying this. This is by far the most provocative of, of the love words, the understanding of love in Scripture it definitely is. Eros is actually where we get the, the term erotic. Now, here's what's strange. I say that, erotic, and you kind of like, ugh. What are, we, what are we talking about? Like, ugh, right? But what you have to understand is when it comes to eros, there is a, a righteous side and a dark side. There's the side that God intended 
And then there's the side that we really kind of created. When it comes to Eros, there is the side that, that God has, has, has created for us. And then there's the side that we kind of took and ran with on our own. And, and it's, it's important for us to understand this because part of the role for us as Christians, and listen now, listen, don't miss me. Part of the role for us as Christians is we must live as people who are redeeming things. Now, let me explain what that means. Jesus, yes, is our redeemer, but Jesus Christ lives in us. And because Christ lives in us, we are called to redeem broken things. Are you following me? So the template was set. God created Adam and Eve. He lifts up a handful of dirt, breathes life into it. And then Adam's like, hey, I'm kind of lonely over here, right? And God's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to make a woman. And so he creates a woman. And then they're married. And in this marriage, in this, there is perfect harmony, there's, there's unity, there's passion, there's eros. And then something happens, right? Sin enters into the world. We, we sin, we fall, we fail. And then this template that God had created for us is fractured. God, at that point in time, sends Jesus, puts in place rather this mission to send Jesus, this rescue mission. To redeem, restore the entire world to himself. Jesus comes to this earth, puts himself on this cross, dies and rises again. Amen. Are we agreed on that? Yeah? Amen. And then he leaves and he leaves us the Holy Spirit inside of us and gives us authority to walk and talk in this world as Christ would walk and talk in this world. And because Christ lives in us, because Jesus is the one who will restore all things unto himself, it is our job to redeem things. Eros, passionate, romantic love, is one of the things that as Christ followers, we are called to redeem. We're called to redeem it in our society today because our society, our culture by and large, has tried to redefine what romantic, what sex, what, what eros, passionate love is and should look like. Would you agree with that? Yes? Try to redefine it. Try to flip it. It's trying to let us know what it should look like, when it should happen. And, and part of it's not wrong. They got part of it right because when it comes down to it, remember write this down. Eros is all about timing. Eros is all about timing. But Eros before its time is error. <laughs> I didn't really work on that one too long. It just was pretty easy. Eros before its time is error. So I want to address this from two, I want to attack this rather from, from two perspectives, okay? Number one, I want to go at it from the single perspective. And then second, I want to attack it from the marriage perspective, okay? If you're single in here, just, just raise your hand. Let me see. Just raise your hand if you're single. Go ahead. Keep it up nice and, nice and high. Come on. Come on. I mean single as in you're not married, okay? If you're not married, raise your hand. All right, because if you're not married, in, in, in my point of view, you're single. So uh, you're available. Anyway, I'm just saying, not to me, I'm married. I'm just saying, in general, I'm just going to stop. Raise your hand if you're single. Come on. Now everybody just look around, look around. This is what I call helping you out. Okay, yeah, exactly. If you're married, lift up your hand. Happily married, just look at those happy, beaming, perfect marriage faces. <coughs> okay, you can put them down. You're like, how long do I have? To? Okay, thank you, right? So let's attack it from both perspectives here. Number one, Eros is, is before its time is, is, is error because when it comes to redeeming Eros love, it's all about the timing. 
Write that down. It's all about the timing. Song of Solomon says this, chapter 8, verse 4. I adjure you. I plead with you. I, I want to show you. Look at this, they say. Daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir. Do not stir up or awaken eros. Do not stir up, awaken love until it pleases. This is a very specific type of love, eros, physical, between a husband and a wife. And here this woman is saying, do not stir it up. Do not awaken it. Don't wake it up until it's time, until the time's right. Now, I had a college roommate who used to have classes that would start later in the afternoon while I had classes that started around 7.30 in the morning. We did not have a good relationship, I'm going to be honest with you, because I usually sleep. Um, I push the sleep button, the snooze button, a couple times on my alarm clock, and he didn't like that. I'm on the bottom bunk, and uh, you know how you bunk in college, right? And so back in my day in college, I had a bunk bed. The dude's on top of the bunk bed. And the alarm would go off, and I'd, and I'd smack the alarm. Then I'd get out of bed, but I'd just kind of let it go off. I'm not really good in the morning, like right out, like fresh right out of bed. And he used to get so angry because he'd be like, dude, I don't have to get up for like five more hours. And I was like, oh, okay, man, I'm, I'm really sorry. Sorry I have to live like in this room with you. You know what I mean? I learned then, do not awake somebody Do not awaken somebody until it's the correct time. I guarantee you, if you walked into a bear's uh, den that they're hibernating in and take a stick and thwap a bear and wake them up, it will not turn out well for you. Do not awaken until it's the correct time. Do not stir it up until it's ready. Don't get it started before the correct time. And so maybe you say, well, like, okay, it's all about timing. What's the timing? What's the timing? <clears throat> I would say it like this. Marriage is the green light for eros. Marriage is the green light for eros. Singleness is the red light for eros. And maybe some of you are like, well, what's, what's the yellow light then? What's the, what's the caution, right? That's engagement. But, but let me define that. Um, I, I got pulled over for a speeding ticket. No, it was like a, a traffic ticket, uh, n- not recently, and uh, a while back. And it's because I drove through a yellow light. The light was yellow. It wasn't red. It was yellow. An officer pulled me over. He said, ah, son, I'm sorry. Uh, you ran a red light. And I said, hey, I don't want to be rude, but I'm pretty confident that was yellow. He goes, yellow means red. Okay. See, when it comes to eros, when it comes to this romantic love, when it comes to passion, when it comes to the physical love shared between a husband and a wife, there is no rolling stop. There is a line. And green is marriage. Marriage is the green light. Don't pull a rolling stop when it comes to eros. Do you feel me? Do you hear what I'm saying? Like caution. Caution. Be careful. It's soon to come, but it is not ready to be awakened yet. See, part of the problem is, Many of us are going about our relationships upside down. In fact, many of our marriages started upside down. We laid a foundation with Eros. We started with Eros. Then we, then we emotionally became engaged, and then maybe we became spiritually engaged. If, if that's kind of like the triangle that you would draw, Eros would be at the bottom, emotions would be at second, and then at the very top, the smallest piece is the spiritual. And what I'm telling you is 
that is completely flipped, that is completely upside down. We must start first and foremost with our relationship with Christ. Yes, are you with me? Jesus must be the foundation. Then we can move on. Then when we're married, then Eros. See, Eros was never meant to be a foundational love. Agape is a foundational love. Phileo is even a foundational but, but But Eros, intimate, passionate, love, romantic, that's not foundational. Eros is a binding love. Eros is a, is a consummation love. Here, I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'll show you. How many of us have ever had this happen? And if you're sitting next to this person, don't like be like, eh, right here. Don't do that. Please, don't do it. How many of us have ever uh, seen this happen or even seen this in ourselves, right? Somebody we know, somebody that we love, somebody that we're involved, we care about them, right? They start dating somebody. And we have our doubts about that relationship from the beginning because he's not very good for her. He's not really a good guy. You know what I mean? And she really, honestly, is not the best for him either. But, but when you go and you approach them and say, hey, how's stuff going? Well, it's this and this and this and this. And you're like, man, can I just be honest with you? I don't think he's good for you. And they become, what happens? Very defensive. Oh, no, you don't know him. Oh, no, you don't know him like I know him. Oh, then you talk to, then you talk to him. Dude, I think she's crazy. And, okay, don't get mad at me. Don't get, we've all had to have the, I think she's crazy talk with, with one of our buddies before, okay? Dude, I think she, I think she's crazy. I think she's in the bushes taking pictures of you at night. Like, I think she's a little, and he's like, dude, you don't, you don't know her. Okay. And then what happens oftentimes, maybe you've seen this, our friends begin to isolate themselves. Our friends begin to push everybody else except beside, apart from this person away. They begin to push church away and, and Jesus away. They, they don't really attend a sea life group anymore. The, the things that they used to do, they don't, they don't do the places that they used to go. And it's only ever about those two people always by themselves doing this thing together. It's us against the world. You know what that is? It's probably Eros love going on. Because while it's not foundational, it is binding. You see, God created Eros love to be one of those binding elements between a husband and a wife. It is created for a husband and a wife, but there is a dark side to Eros. There's a dark side to it. If applied at the wrong time, if awakened, if stirred up at the wrong time, it will connect you, it will bind you, regardless of if you're married or not. Am I making sense? Do not stir it. Do not awaken it until it pleases, until it is the right time. Eros can never be our foundation. It was never meant to be a foundational love. I would say this. At the point that you stop letting people speak into your relationship that have spoken into your life previously, maybe you should take a step back and say, am I doing something wrong? If the people that have been Jesus to you in your life are all of a sudden like, they're talking crazy. They've, they've changed, man. You changed, man. Like, maybe they haven't changed. Maybe you've just been like backpedaling. Usually an indication that there's eros love taking place. And I want you to understand, we, we don't let God have the authority in our relationship when we are involved in eros love before our marriage. 
That's not letting God have authority in our relationship. So you cannot, don't play like you care about having God bless you and your relationship if you're involved in disobedience before God's timing. That'll make a church quiet. I get that. I get that. But don't act like you're interested. Don't play like you care what God says. When you want the authority for yourself, when you want to determine following Christ, being a Jesus follower, being a disciple of Jesus means that we are obedient even when it's difficult, even when it's hard. And I get it, man. I get it. It is difficult. It is challenging. But we must start with the authority of God, not the authority of self. And so this world has tried to redefine Eros love as normal. It's normal. Date three, date four, that's normal, man. What are you talking, you haven't done that? What's wrong with you? Eros love is normal, it's beautiful, but it's beautiful in the context of of your marriage. In fact, uh, Hebrews chapter 13 says this, people are always like, hey, can you point to a scripture that talks about that before marriage? Yeah, I'm glad you asked, here it is. Hebrews 13, 13, four. Let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. You're like, okay, well that could mean Anything. Well, Paul goes on to clarify, or Hebrews goes on to clarify, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Doesn't really leave too much wiggle room right there, does it? It doesn't. As Christians, remember this now, we have to redeem what the world has tried to redefine. We have to redeem what this world has tried to redefine. Define. And so if you are single, I understand the pressure that is there. Do not stir it up. Do not awaken it. Because it is a beast of an animal that will not go back into hibernation once it is awakened. The Song of Solomon says, do not, do not, here is a warning. Do not awaken that. Do not awaken that. Keep it lying dormant. Keep it, keep it asleep. That's for the single. Now, now I told you I was going to talk to the married people. If for the, us as single people, it's that we're not supposed to wake it up. For us as married people, guess what we're supposed to do? Wake it up. Wake it up. Wake up. And for some of us in our marriages, we need to awaken some Eros love. For some of us in our relationships, in our marriages, we, we need to wake up and stop defrauding each other. So the idea is before marriage, don't awaken. Post-marriage or during marriage, we need to not defraud. And this is a biblical understanding. And for some of us, I, I get it. For some of you, eros love, sexual relationship between a husband and wife still feels a little shameful for you. Maybe because of your upbringing, maybe you were raised in a very religious, legalistic house. Maybe it's something that happened to you in your past. I get that. I understand that what you're saying. But you have to understand that this was something God created to be a binding agent, a passionate thing between a husband and a wife. It is healthy. It is beautiful. It is God honoring. And it is God glorifying. Eros should be in your marriage. Amen? Amen? Okay, you guys are a little freaked out. That's okay. I'm going to make you more freaked out in a minute. It's good. Hang on. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, starting verse 6, says this. Set me as a seal upon your heart. This is a husband and a wife talking to each other. Set me as a seal 
upon your heart as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can floods drown it. If a man offered for love all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. Do you hear the passion inside that verse? Do you? Do you hear the passion being, being stated between a husband and a wife, between a wife and a husband? See, eros, an eros marriage is a marriage that is filled with passion. Let me hear you say the word passion. Come on, let me hear you say the word passion. Come on. Passion. We need marriages filled with eros. We need marriages filled with passion. Write this down. Passion in your marriage, passion should be a priority. Passion should be a priority. We make everything else a priority, don't we? We even make our Netflix watching a priority. Like, like, don't sign into my Netflix account. I have finally, and I got five kids, so this is really hard for me. I have finally gotten like, like my Netflix to know me well enough to recommend shows that I would actually want to watch. Because for the longest time, it was only recommending different variations on Pokemon shows. Because my kids would get in and be like, oh, Pokemon. You know, like they would watch it, but no, you ruined it for like the next seven months. Now I got to go back and watch 100 shows to get it back, you know. And so for some of us, we, we prioritize that, but we won't prioritize passion. We don't prioritize eros, romance. It's biblical. First Corinthians says this, starting in verse, chapter 7, starting in verse 1. It says, now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Uh, we're not really starting off too strong here, sorry. But it goes on like this. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each Man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not, say this word with me, do not what? Oh, there it is. Do not deprive, do not withhold, do not barter. <laughs> do not barter that portion of your marriage. Hey, I got some weeds outside that need pulling. Maybe we could make a little bit of an arrangement. Don't do that. You're laughing because you do it. Don't. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer. And then Paul says, but then come together again. Maybe it's something you, maybe that eros, maybe that, 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 that physical connection, that physical love inside of a marriage, maybe that's something you want to give up because you're praying and fasting. But listen, immediately after that, get back together so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Here's two things we should pull from this. Number one, eros, passion in our relationship, in our marriage relationship, number one, should be a priority. Number two, it should be a protection. A priority and protection. Now, I can't speak as a woman because I am not a woman. But I can speak as a man. Here's what I want you to know, ladies. 
in, in our drives to work, in our changing of the channels, in our walking through a mall. And I want to tell you something that maybe you would hear differently from me than your husband. Maybe you would hear differently from me than, than maybe a, a man in your life. I really want you to hear this from, from my heart, from a pastor's heart, okay? So can you hear me on this? It is difficult, it is difficult in our world today to keep your eyes straight forward, if you know what I mean. Because all around us, there's temptation. All around us, there is opportunity. All around us, the entire world is saying, look at me, look at this, look at what this does, look at what I want you to know is passion, eros, is a protection for one another. It is something that you cannot deprive from your husband. It is something you should not deprive from your wife. It must be a priority. Now, eros must begin to flourish in our marriages. It must. And for eros to flourish in our marriages, it's going to take two things. Here, here's, here it is. And they're going to hit us differently. For men, I would say this. For eros to flourish in your marriage, it's going to take time. Ladies, for Eros to flourish in your marriage, it's going to take times. <laughs> for Eros to flourish, men, in your marriage, it's going to take time, and it's going to take times. It's going to take men. It's going to take you being patient. I heard it said like this one time, uh, men are like a microwave, and women are like crockpots. You got to let it marinate for a while, if you, go, if you know what I'm saying. Husbands, maybe for you, Eros, because, because let's be honest, passion for a man, it, it's, it's like a shotgun. It just can, it can just happen. I'm, I'm, everything, I'm at 100 now. Well, I thought you were just at zero. No, I'm at 100 now. So let's, let's get this going, right? It's like, what? So, so, so you have to understand, men, like Eros doesn't begin just zero to 100. Romantic love begins with the note that you leave her in the morning. Eros love be, begins with you being a man of integrity. Amen? Eros love begins with you being a man of character. A man forged by, by years. Character forged through years of character and integrity. Eros love might begin with you doing the dishes one time. I thought I might get an amen on that one. First service, someone was like hollering at me amen after every single thing I said with that. Maybe for you, Eros love means getting out the vacuum cleaner, husband. Eros love means that. And, and for wives, I would say this, Eros love is times. Where for him, it's time. For, for you, it's times. It can't just be a bartering chip. It can't just be something that just, it needs to be something that is a priority in our lives. Are you, are you with me? We're awful quiet on the subject today. I thought you'd be a little more pumped about this, to be honest with you. It needs to be something that we put time into, and it needs to be something that we, are, that we are involved with often within the place of our marriage. What I've gathered and read about women, which <laughs> I could be way off, honestly, is really this idea that oftentimes, or most times or all the time, they're just wired differently than men. I definitely know I see things differently than my wife does. I can tell you that. I just see things differently. I feel things differently. We can watch a commercial, and she can start crying, and I can start laughing. 
And maybe you say, well, there's something wrong with you, Travis. Okay, that might, that might, that might be, you know, true, but we just interpret things differently. We, we feel things differently. When I'm angry, it goes away a lot faster than, than my wife. Don't tell her I said that. I didn't mean it in that way. I'm just saying, right? We, we interpret the world differently. And so for us as men, it's going to take you time. For, for wives, it's going to take you, you times. And I, I want to say this. As husbands, this begins first and foremost with you. Eros love is something. Passion is something that begins with you. And we live now in a culture, in a society that tells us as men that we're to hold back on those feelings, that we're just to, we're to be quiet, we're to sit still. We're not really like, it's a manly thing to not look at your girl and say, I love you. It's a manly thing to, 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 look at your, to, to look at your wife and not say, like, I love you. What I'm telling you is that the most manly thing you can do is bring back passion to your marriage. One of the most manliest things that you can do is bring Eros back. You might say, Travis, you don't, you don't understand. Passion has been taken. I talk with couples all the time who, who live passionless marriages they become just like strangers we share the same house we we eat dinner in different parts of the home we sleep in different beds different places he usually falls asleep at the computer down on the couch i usually turn off the light and head upstairs and it's just gone it's not gone you just need to wake it up. You say, how do I do that? It begins when you start with the right foundation. See, the foundation that you go back to is not Eros itself, is it? No, 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 no. The foundation, the correct foundation is what? More correctly is who? It's Jesus. So we flipped our marriages upside down. What I want you to know is that if you want a marriage filled with passion, if you want a marriage filled with romance, if you want a marriage that is filled with eros love, you must begin with Jesus. What's the takeaway? Today, as husbands and wives, I want to challenge you to go home. And husbands, you have to lead this charge. Ephesians 5 tells us that we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church and laid our life down for her. Do you hear me? It's on you. Well, this is a very emotional thing to do. No, it's a very godly thing to do. You lead the way. Grab your wife's hand. Kneel down next to your bed and pray. It's a prayer that David prays in Scripture. It's a powerful prayer. It says, God, restore, create in me a clean heart. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Create in me a clean heart. Bring back a new spirit in me and restore the joy. And that's, what, that's the prayer I want you, I want to invite you to pray over your marriage in this area of Eros. God, restore unto us the passion Bring back to us the passion, the eros, the, the romance. Let us fall in love, fall in eros once again for one another. Too many of us live passionless marriages. That's not God's will for you. For you as a single individual, engaged even. 
understand you are not to awaken that until it pleases, until it's time. And marriage is that green light. And so maybe today you need to reestablish that foundation. Maybe for you today, you need to repent. Father, I'm sorry that I've awakened this love before it's time. I want to reestablish that in me and commit to holding that arrows until it's time. Thanks for listening to this message from Covenant Church. For more information on our ministries or to hear more messages just like this, visit us at covenantchurch.us.